I ended up at the Beacon House was by doing a lot of things very wrong. Um, I ended up at the Beacon House after uh, several years of heroin addiction. Um, I came here at 19, thoroughly addicted to heroin and thoroughly uh, discouraged about life. So, I mean, I was, in a, I was in bad shape when I got here. Underweight, depressed, suicidal, malnourished. The catalyst was, uh, and it was really maybe a God thing. Uh, I just so happened to be in a community college class with a another guy who was in treatment here, going to school, trying to get his uh, get his degree, and I was in class nodding out and he was in class sober and um he saw what i was going through and he recognized it and he and he struck up a conversation with me and told me about this place and that's how you got here that's that's how i got here yeah that was jonathan a runner and now employed at the beacon house the beacon house is an alcohol and drug recovery home in san pedro a community just outside of Los Angeles. The mission of the Beacon House Association of San Pedro is to help men recover from the diseases of alcoholism or addiction to other drugs. The association provides food, shelter, counseling, and the time to build a foundation in recovery and to return to family, home, and community. My name is Jim Lynch, and this is a very special episode of Feel Good Running. Every runner has a story, their own personal story of how they found running, or did running find them? Most of us discovered running through normal means. Maybe we knew someone who was a runner and it piqued our interest. In my case, it was my brother that got me hooked. I liked what running did for him, and I realized then the importance of a healthy lifestyle. I'm glad I did. Others may have started running as a New Year's resolution to possibly lose some weight or get fit. Others may have experienced some sort of life-altering event, such as the death of a loved one, a relationship breakup, or a painful divorce, or even a disease such as cancer or a heart issue. By discovering running, it completely changed their life. Regardless of how one discovers running, most get involved through normal avenues. A friend, a gym, a running store, a running group, a local running race, or some other way that opened the door to a whole new world and a new life. But there are those that are not as fortunate. They have hit the very rock bottom of their life, possibly on the verge of death due to drugs or alcohol that has slowly destroyed them. These are intelligent, good individuals that just went down a wrong path. They are no longer able to productively function in society and have nowhere to go. They lost complete control of their life, and alcohol and substance abuse has taken their life over. Their last-ditch hope to live another day is finding somewhere, someplace, or someone that cares enough to help them because they no longer can help themselves. 
This is the reality of our society. And sadly, most of us will look the other way. Not our issue, not our problem. But there are selfless individuals out there that make an incredible difference, that dedicate their lives to helping others. Take, for example, Judge Craig Mitchell that founded the Skid Row Running Club in Los Angeles. Judge Mitchell created a platform through running that gives others a second chance at life. Some succeed and sadly, some don't. Judge Mitchell never gives up and is always there for each and every person that is a part of the Skid Row Running Club. He is truly an amazing person that devotes his life to helping others. And there's another woman in Los Angeles making a huge difference. Leslie Gold started a nonprofit called Strides in Recovery. Strides in Recovery is a Los Angeles-based nonprofit dedicated to helping individuals overcome addiction. Strides in Recovery works collaboratively with addiction treatment providers and other recovery communities such as the Beacon House, where Jonathan works, leading goal-oriented group running and walking programs for people with substance use disorders. Earlier in 2021, I was in Los Angeles and I had the opportunity to meet up with Leslie at the Chabad Treatment Center. Chabad's mission is to help clients free themselves from substance abuse and other harmful addictions, connect to their inner roots of spirituality and integrity, and form healthy relationships and build meaningful and fulfilling lives. So the first question I asked Leslie, what was it? What was the path? What triggered her that led her to make a difference? Um, I think I did my first, I did a half marathon back in 97, um, just one time. And then I got into doing them, let me see, around 2008, 2009, something like that. It was actually kind of a funny story. I was, uh, the town where I live has a half marathon, marathon every year. And every year I would look at the signs all around town and think, oh, I, I should do that. And of course I never actually did. And my neighbor across the street would do it every year. And always afterwards he would have a big party and always on the day of the party, I could look out my window and see all the cars in front of his house and think like, oh, I should have done it. So one year I'm coming back from my morning run, which was you know, three or four miles. And there's my neighbor, Bill, I guess all these influential runners in my life are named Bill. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking to Bill and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing the PV half this year. And he's like, yeah, you know, I might do it again this year too. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm really thinking about it. And nobody's actually making any commitment. And as these words are coming out of my mouth, I'm thinking like, you're so full of it. Anybody could think about doing a half marathon and, you know, just, this is lame. And we just kind of went back and forth with this noncommittal conversation. And I looked at my watch and, oh, I got to go get my kids to school. And, and for some reason, as I'm walking away, I said, well, Bill, I'll tell you what, if you do it, I'll do it. And then I went home, took my kids to hear my kids and never gave the conversation a second thought until about three weeks later, I got home from my run and there was the application taped to my front door with a note from Bill that said, I signed up. Now you have to let's carpool. <laughs> so I had like four weeks to, you know, take my mileage from four up to 13. And I trained really hard and I did it and it was fun. And I was like, oh, OK. So then my friends started saying, well, 
you've done so many half marathons, you should do a full marathon. And I thought to myself, like, why in the world would I want to do this? I've been an athlete all my life. I have nothing that I need to prove. My legs can't handle it. I don't have time to train. Like, if you want to make a list of all the standard excuses of why not to do a marathon, I, I had all of them. But then there was this little part of me that was thinking, you know, you're just making up all these excuses because you're afraid that you can't do it. So I started increasing my runs a little bit every week and got to maybe 18, 19 miles. And I thought, well, all right, in theory, I probably could, but why in the world would I want to? And I thought, well, I'm going to have to find a why. Like I'm going to run for a cause that's going to mean something to me. And my assumption was that somebody that I knew would be diagnosed with some life-threatening disease and I would run for whatever charity it was that was raising funds for that disease. Um, fortunately, that didn't happen. Um, and one day I was just flipping through the paper and I see this ad and it says, run to save a soul, the only Jewish themed charity team for the Los Angeles Marathon. And I just looked at it and thought, well, hey, I'm Jewish. I'm running for a Jewish organization. All right, that sounds good. I had no idea what this is. I didn't even really look. And I just showed up the first day for the team meeting and, oh, what do you know? This is a residential addiction treatment program. Okay. <laughs> and then I remember uh, thinking like, oh, I, I don't know anything about addiction. I don't really fit in here. Am I going to be accepted? And they were having their team meeting and okay, we're going to sit everybody around in a circle and I want everybody to talk about why are, are you here and what would finishing the marathon mean? And everybody else that was in this circle was in treatment and had gone through some really difficult times and, you know, were on their way back. And I would just hear stories about, you know, how much this would mean to them and how personal it was. And, um, and I'm, and just people going through really difficult stuff. I mean, having ended up in prison, having living on the streets, burning, burning all their relationships with friends and family. I mean, just really painful, isolating, um, kind of hopeless, hopelessness that they described. And I'm thinking to myself, as this is going or everyone's going around the circle, like, what am I going to say? Like, I don't have, thank goodness, these kind of stories in my life. So got to me and I said, well, um, I'm just here because I want to run for a good cause. And I was sort of expecting to look around and see people roll their eyes or whatever. And I actually got this huge round of applause <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to join the team. And that was my first marathon. Uh, well, I'm Edward, alcoholic. Um, I had, you know, just wrong choices, bad types, bad decision in friends, and it affected my my life, you know. So um, it, it ended up in Beacon House. So here I am in Beacon House. <laughs> Coach Leslie came one day and uh, just started from there. Um, just try to, you know, commit to something because most of my life I couldn't commit to many things. Like today I felt like not coming. But I, t I told myself, if I'm going to commit to something, might as well start here, you know. And um, that's that's how I got introduced to the program. I've been running three weeks now. Um, haven't missed a day yet and feeling great. How many miles are you up to? Uh, I'm not sure. How many miles are we? I think we did three today, no? We did three today, and Saturdays we normally knock out six, seven. Yeah. You know, when I ran the marathon the first time before I was coaching, I... 
ended up training with one person just because we seemed to run at about the same pace. So we just naturally became friends. And, you know, if you are running side by side with someone for, you know, 15 miles and they never have to look you in the eye, it's so much easier for them to feel comfortable sharing. And, you know, I remember him saying to me, like, you know, I've got a criminal background. I don't have an education. I've never had a job. Like, what am I going to do with my life? And, you know, it's eight, nine years later, um, he married somebody else that he met in the program. He's got two kids and he runs two recovery residences and, you know, is now giving back. And he's come back several times since then to run with the team and inspire more people in the program. And, you know, I wish that when we were running side by side and he was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I could have said, oh, wait, I let me show you a video of what your life's going to be like in, you know, eight or 10 years from now. But, you know, those success stories are, are huge. And it's so nice that he keeps coming back. Yeah. You know, something that I remember, too, um, the next year he did it again. And I met his mom at the finish line and he actually went to the same high school that my kids were in at the time. And, you know, his mom said to me, who's much closer to my age than, than Chris is, she said, yeah, you know, it was always really hard talking to all those moms because they'd be like, oh, my kid's going to UCLA or Stanford or Berkeley or Harvard or whatever. And she said, every time I would be in those conversations, I'd be thinking, I just hope my kid lives. And, you know, to see where Chris is now is, is huge. But as a mom, like that conversation really hit hard. Being a runner for many years, something I believe in passionately is that running is the great equalizer. Running groups have runners from all walks of life. It does not matter if you have a criminal record or a PhD, if you are a barista at a coffee shop or the CEO of a major corporation. When we run together, we are all equal. We are all runners running together and striving to reach our own personal goals. And the beauty of our sport, everyone is accepted. Runners from Strides and Recovery will sometimes run with runners from the Skid Row Running Club. These are runners recovering from drug and alcohol addiction or several years of incarceration or homelessness. Many of these runners are just hoping for a second chance in life. And running right alongside of them, you have LAPD officers, judges, professionals, and those that are just there running to provide encouragement and support. No judgment, no criticism, just everyone supporting each other in a positive, healthy environment. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so a little bit about my story. Um, I didn't think I was an alcoholic at first. Um, you know, I grew up in Orange County. Um, pretty good life, upbringing. I was into sports. Um, joined, the, joined the military. Did that for six years. Um, got out, had a child. Um, and when it just whenever things went wrong, I would always use, you know, I would drink. And when that wasn't working, I would do other things, you know, just to cover up my emotions and pain and all that. So um, I guess that's when I realized things weren't right. You know, that wasn't the normal thing to do. And giving up the career I gave up and all that um, just for some of the trauma that happened in my life. I signed a deal. I had a little sales case. I was trying to make a 
provide for my family. It was a, you know, family was falling falling apart, you know, and it's just one of those spur of the moment things and ran into the wrong person and he introduced me to the pills and I started making money real quick just to give to my family. And I got that, I got in trouble. Um, and so I panicked, you know, and I, uh, I didn't like what they were offering me. I just, I didn't think it was fair. You know, I was, I had a good record. Everything was cool. Um, I was still in National Guard at the time. And so I denied this place at first. It was an 18 month program. And I said, there's no way, you know, I don't, it's just a little extreme. Um, then I got a DUI, um, you know, and they just wanted me to go to do treatment programs, treatment. And I was just like, I just don't think I have a problem like that, you know, and towards the end of, you know, just to make a long story short, uh, um, I got a domestic violence case, you know, and I, then I realized, okay, something's probably wrong. Um, and when I was in Orange County jail, uh, I signed, I signed for this place again. Uh, they offered it to me the first time. I said, no way. And the second time I was like, there's no way. And then I just, I just knew that was my only option out. I just, and there, and there must be a sign there. So I, I did sign and I've been here for about almost five months now. And I really realized what's wrong, you know, just the, the mental obsession, the physical allergy. And I, just, I didn't know that at first because they usually say if you push past that discomfort, you know, that's the hardest thing. And that's when we're growing. And before I would have ran at that point, but I mean, I don't know if it's a blessing in disguise of me having something over my head to, to keep me here, but so be it. That's that's what I need. And then for me to realize actually what's going on. So that's it's, it's a miracle, man. I'm just stoked I made it. And it's going to be a long road. Um, but I have a lot of things I want to do after I get out of here. So I just want to, as I say, I'll grow up here. You know, I just turned 30 the other day. And this is, I think, where I'll, I'll grow up finally. So uh, I've always been a huge fitness person. And I was across the street and we couldn't run with strides uh, recovery um, until we cross over to the primary side. So um, I was just uh, stoked to be able to finally do that. And, you know, and um, it's, it's super fortunate to have this opportunity. And just, I always look forward to every week, man. You know, I run like three, four days a week. I think we're going up by two mile increments. So yeah, I think we're doing a seven miler um, this Saturday. What's your longest run so far? Here? So it's 14, 14 miles. At the end of every season, right, the night before the marathon, we'd have a team dinner and everybody would stay in a hotel in downtown L.A. And at the dinner, I would always hand out a sheet of paper and ask people to answer two questions. One is, what what did you learn about yourself from training? And the second question was, how did it feel to be part of a team? And I told them that I would be taking their responses and reading it to next year's team and that this was their opportunity to inspire others. And I would read through these every single year and just start thinking this experience should be happening in every treatment program. So I was like, well, maybe I'll start a nonprofit and see if I could make this work. (laughs) Having no idea at all how to start a nonprofit. And I mentioned it to someone and he said, well, gee, you know, I sit on the board of a sober living in West LA. Why don't you call up the executive director, tell him I sent you and you know, start there. So this was Awakening Recovery. I gave them a call and that was 2017. And at that point, we just set up a real small, I guess I could call it a pilot program where we did a 10 week training for a 5k and it worked really well. And I was like, huh, all right, well, looks like I could pull this off. 
now what do I need to do? (laughs) So I started talking to more and more of my friends about, Hey, I want to start a nonprofit. What do you think? And everyone that I would speak to would give me ideas that were based on their background. So my lawyer friends would be, well, you know, you've got to do, you know, all these legal things. And my marketing friends would tell me, here are all the marketing things you need to do. And um, I just started keeping a list and was trying to go through these things one by one. And at some point I realized like, this actually needs to be your full-time job if you're going to pull this off. So I walked away from my career in 2018 and that's when I started doing strides in recovery. It's a great cause and so many people are willing to help and be part of it. And they teach me and we work together and it's growing and we're, we're navigating and I'm excited to see where it, where it goes. So what we do now is we'll go to different treatment programs and we will set up the program to match whatever um, aligns with what they want. So it can be anything from, you know, show up once a week and just get everybody out for a walk. And we'll talk about recovery on on the walk. So it's not just like going for a random walk. I mean, we do try to tie what's happening while we're walking back to recovery. Um, Or it can be all the way to, I've got a team now that's training for a half marathon and those guys are training, you know, on their own several times a week. We go, we do progressively longer runs. So we, we just say like our job is to, get people to understand that exercise is mentally healing, physically healing, emotionally healing. Um, It's a great tool for preventing relapses. And we believe everybody should have the opportunity to try it out. And we will create a program that works for whatever the treatment provider wants it to be. Since I was out in Los Angeles last March, Strides in Recovery is definitely growing. Currently, Leslie is working with several recovery centers around the Los Angeles area. Awakening Recovery, Shawl Woman's House, House of Hope, Beacon House, of course, Chabad Treatment Center, of course, Fred Brown Recovery Services, The Last House, and Tulua House. And in January, just in a few weeks, Leslie and about eight to 10 others from the Grandview Foundation are heading to Maui to run the Maui Oceanfront Half Marathon. I'm also going to be out there, and I so look forward to catching up with Leslie. Well, I was actually here at this facility uh, for about a year, and I met uh, Leslie through Strides, and she helped me you know, stay sober and gave me some good tools to use when I got out of uh, this facility of rehab. First of all, I like getting out of the facility, you know, being stuck in there all the time. You get kind of crazy. So it gave us a chance to get out and also have a sense of camaraderie because there's a lot of people running, as you see. So, you know, it built friendships. Um, it also encouraged us to, you know, help each other out, you know, push each other to try and, and uh, you know, run a little bit faster uh, the next time. And uh, yeah, it's just really great to, you know, see all the benefits, uh, scientific benefits of running, you know, for your brain. 
In the U.S., the first year post-addiction relapse rate is anywhere between 40 to 60 percent. So meaning that if you go through a program um, a year later, maybe only about half the people have stayed sober. And the way we look at it is that's that's not acceptable. I mean, we can do better as a society and exercise can be part of that. And there were a lot of people over the years who told me that, you know, being on the marathon team was a huge part of my sobriety. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of studies out there that show so many of the benefits, like it can, it reduces cravings, it reduces depression, it reduces anxiety. Um, and then you also have that people have a sense of empowerment. It lifts people's self-esteem. Um, it, gives people a structure in their lives once they leave the treatment setting. Um, it creates communities for people. Like, you know, if you can go join a running club um, or a hiking club or just any group that moves outdoors, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, it could be cycling, swimming, whatever. You're surrounding yourself with healthy people who want to stay healthy and you start to create a new lifestyle that way. I mean, a lot of times when people do relapse, it's because they went back to the community that they came from and then they're surrounded by all of these triggers and they just fall back into their old lifestyle. So part of recovery really means starting a brand new lifestyle and surrounding yourself with people who support it. And exercise can be part of that lifestyle and part of the people who support it. Volunteers are vital to the sport of running. For example, there are 10,000 plus volunteers needed for the New York City Marathon alone. These are people that give of their time to support each runner that participates. Volunteers are needed for every race, large and small. Look around your own community. I'm sure there are running races and running groups that exist because of volunteers. I personally have given hundreds of hours of my time volunteering. And when I lived on the island of Maui, I organized a weekly Wednesday night run for several years. I loved it. And it gave me deep satisfaction and joy to see all these runners together each week. They were my friends. I would see them laughing, socializing, and of course running. It was something that they looked forward to each week, and so did I. That Wednesday night run became what it was because of commitment and consistency. I made it a point to always be there no matter what, and I had backup volunteers to be sure we never missed a week. But what if a week was missed and I didn't show up, nor did the backup volunteers? What would happen? Of course, nothing. Those that showed up would probably still run, and though they would wonder why nobody was there, they would move on normally with their life. Well, that would not be the case for strides in recovery. Volunteers must make a deep level of commitment. Leslie requires that all volunteers commit to being there 75% of the time. Consistency is vital. Being there is necessary. Normalcy is a must. Without normalcy, a runner in recovery could possibly relapse. It's that sensitive. It's that important. These runners and walkers rely on the support, encouragement, and consistency of strides in recovery in each volunteer. 
And besides the recovery house, this could be the most important program that propels their recovery success. Volunteering for Strides in Recovery is not a one and done or whenever I may have time. It is a commitment and is a true reflection of one's selflessness. There's no way I could do this without all the volunteers that come out and help with the runs as well, because we make this group open to everybody. It's not like, oh, you have to be a runner. I mean, some people physically aren't able to run. Some people don't really want to run, but they just know that going outside and going for a walk will help them feel better. And that's why we have volunteers, some of them who will stay in the back with the people that want to walk and some of them who stay in the front with the people who want to run. And every volunteer builds a connection with the people on the team. And, you know, that that's huge. Like people look forward to them. And like if a volunteer doesn't show up one day, I'll get the, oh, where's so-and-so or, you know, hey, I miss them. Or maybe they're on vacation, they come back and it's like, yay, we're glad to see you. Um, so yeah, it's all about the, the connection. I love it. Uh, I look forward to every Sunday. Uh, I like fitness, so getting out, getting out of the house is good for sure. But uh, we do some stretches. We all get to. I work out here, so I I just kind of take it easy on the walk here. But uh, no, I think exercise goes right along with recovery as far as mind, body, and spirit. So I honestly think fitness has to be a part of my recovery personally. So I encourage everybody to do the same. But so being in a bad mood is just a state of mind, and now I know you can change it just by doing that. So, no, I think it's really good. Um, we are about to start a group run. This is the men of the Chabad Treatment Center, and uh, we're going to do about three, four miles today, and everybody is going to feel better in an hour than they do right now. Guaranteed. That's how this works, this running thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I tell them every time, and it's the only place, it's the only time when you're in treatment that you get to go out and get high with your friends and be proud of yourself afterwards. Since uh, we usually don't have people at the club, like, you know, standing around with microphones interviewing people, let me explain, like, who's Jim? Why is he here? Um, so some of you guys are in the Facebook group already, right? Um, and we're, like, really shy. I'm not sure they're going to want to do it, right? No. Um, but, yeah, no, like, seriously, like, feel free. I knew you guys would be, like, a great group to share with Jim and just talk about what exercise is doing for you in recovery. Um, and then we also have a new volunteer. Talk to us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Shira, and I just started running at the start of the pandemic. I was having a bit of a hard time with, like, mental health and just, you know, staying calm and collected. So I started running, and now I'm training for the marathon. So, yeah, and I'm 18, and if you want to know more about me, come talk to me. <laughs> So, if you want to talk to her, you got to be running because she's going to be out in the front. <laughs> yeah. My name is Talia Sugarman. Um, I'm one of the coaches for Strides. I work with uh, Leslie. Um, I've been doing it since like June, 
since June. I've been uh, like running teams within LA at different like treatment centers and different sober living houses. Uh, Leslie mentioned that y- your family has some treatment centers. Yes, my family, uh, both of my parents are in recovery. Uh, they've been clean for like 35, 36 years. Um, they owned a rehab. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They owned a rehab in Pittsburgh for like 25 years. Um, and it had like a methadone clinic, a suboxone clinic and different uh, like halfway houses and three quarter houses. Um, yeah, so I just like I grew up around recovery and um, like addicts and people in addiction, living addiction or like in recovery. So um, I was just always around it growing up. So uh, you did an extensive warm up stretching exercises with everybody before. Yes. I think in all my years of running, I have not seen that dedication to stretching before a run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do. Uh, I stretch with them like that because um, I came. I came to work with Leslie when I was looking on like an in, there's like an app called Indeed and it's like looking for like jobs and stuff. But um, I do personal training like fitness wise, but I do a style. It's called like Rhythmetrics, and I have like a mentor in New York. His name's Sekou Haru. He created the whole style. But um, it's a, a like a mixture of like house dance, like yoga, tai chi, capoeira, like calisthenics and stuff like that. And so that's like my main um, type of like fitness. But when I saw Leslie was doing running with like uh, recovery and like with like treatment centers, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Because when I was growing up, I was super into fitness and my parents were super into like mental health. But I was I was always the one that was like, but what about like the like physical side of it? Like you guys are very into like therapy and all this stuff, which is amazing. I think it's like super like important. But I always was like, oh, they should bring like some type of like like physical like uh, health into these centers and like focus on like the food you eat or like what your connection to your body like just on like a physical type you know what I'm saying instead of um like just always like therapy and stuff like that like to teach people how to like connect with their body differently and um so the the going back to the stretches and stuff uh that type of like training and those workouts like helped me a lot with like personal like stuff like that like anxiety like a bunch of different things and so I try to like connect that type of like training with the running and stuff like that because I, I don't I don't personally run all the time but I see like the importance of just physical fitness in general so to like show the guys like to like calm down and just like breathe and stuff like that is like super important even if we only do it for like 10 minutes before they go like crazy running in strides and recovery what have you seen personally as uh some success and results in the eight nine months you've been working with leslie oh okay um i've seen a lot like it's, it's crazy like um especially at habad like um just seeing dudes come in like whether they're like super like overweight or like extremely like malnourished like skinny wise um just seeing them like start to care more about their bodies and to be more like connected to their bodies or like to see like how hype they get to like go run and like see how far they can go and like how long it's going to take them this week and just seeing um like a bunch of them like when they graduate the program like graduate from the uh rehab and go to sober living like they continue to work out like weekly and they like message us all the time they're like yo I'm going running I'm going to the park like I'm going hiking like this this should change my life and I'm like that's that's dope because it's like um 
Yeah, it's, it's crazy to see. Like, I, I feel like it's like uh, it gives like it gives people like. Um, not like a purpose, but just something like like a passion or something. So like something they're just passionate about and they're like, uh, I could do this with my spare time. Like instead of like just sitting around watching TV or like getting stuck in my head, like a lot of them have said that this has like given them a, a new outlet. So like yeah. that, that's really cool to me. I've done this enough times that... When our runs get to about eight miles long is when I start waiting for the comments that I know are going to come because there's always somebody who will come up to me and say, you know, I didn't think I could run, you know, a mile or two miles. Actually, let me jump to a story that somebody said to me. She goes, you know, back in my days of using meth, I used to sit under a bridge all day and I'd watch the runners go by and I would think... Will I ever be normal like them or am I just going to be somebody who fails at everything I try to do in life? And she said, I just ran 10 miles today and it's the first time I see myself as a can-do person. And that theme of I'm stronger than I thought, I can't believe I did this, if I can do this, look at all the other things I can do, just happened over and over and over again. And I said, when, once, once our runs get that long, I actually wait for it because I'm so happy to hear those comments. You know, when I think of the su- success stories and I think, well, what does success mean? And, you know, for some people, it's that they finish the program and then they come back and they are volunteering with Strides in Recovery. So they are out there and... You know, speaking to their brothers and sisters who went through the program before and they're up there saying, you know, I went through this. I stood in your shoes. I can do this. And, you know, people can look. So often when you're in your early stages of recovery, it it seems hopeless, like I'm never going to get better. And when they see somebody that's just like them, that stood in their shoes, that's doing well, that's hugely inspiring. So they're they're those kind of people. And then there are the people who I find out later on that things change. Like um, I had uh, a women's program that did uh, a 5K, 10K event on Super Bowl Sunday last year. So this year, you know, when the event didn't happen, I thought, well, it would be nice to post something on Facebook that, hey, here are the memories from a year ago. And what was so nice was all the comments that I saw that were from people who had been on the team And, you know, one of them, did she write like, oh my gosh, that was such an amazing accomplishment and I haven't stopped running since. I'm like, I had no idea that (laughs) this had changed her life like that. So that was, that was really cool. And, you know, somebody else who said, you know, those are some of my best memories. Thanks ladies. So, you know, when I find out that this was such a meaningful thing, um, yeah, I mean, those are... Those are, those are the kinds of stories, like people embrace it and go on to give back in, in whatever way they can. No, I very much hope it, it can grow outside of Los Angeles. Um, because what I would love to do with this is create a community of people who understand the power of exercise to support recovery. And there's so many ways we can reach out. Um, we have a Facebook group as well, the Strides and Recovery Facebook group that is 
former team members, it's current team members, it's friends and family of, of team members. We've got some treatment providers on there. And what's so nice to see is that when I'll post something about somebody running, the other people who comment may have been in that same program as the person who ran, or maybe they're from somewhere else. And we've got this whole online supportive community. So I would, I would love to see the community keep growing and just get more and more people to realize just how powerful of a tool exercise can be in helping somebody stay sober. I'd say the two best places are either go to our website, which is stridesinrecovery.org, or if you want to be part of the Strides in Recovery community and follow our teams and support them and maybe come out and be with a team, go to our Facebook group and that's also called Strides in Recovery. On the website, there's a donate link right at the top of the page. Well, thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to spread the word and, you know, help me help others. Making a difference. You know, Leslie is making quite a difference in so many lives with strides in recovery. Her commitment, dedication, and passion mixed with her love of running is giving those in their recovery journey encouragement and hope. Strides in Recovery provides a healthy platform for those in recovery to accomplish what they never thought possible. And to think, this all started from Leslie responding to an ad. Well, since this podcast was recorded, Strides in Recovery hosted two private running events so that team members could enjoy the thrill of the race when public events were still on hold due to the pandemic. In May and again in August, about 70 to 80 team members and their guests participated in a Strides in Recovery half marathon or five-mile run along the Southern California coast. They were cheered on by supporters at the recharge stations, received medals, and celebrated their success together at the Finish Line Breakfast hosted by Beacon House. Large public races started happening again in Los Angeles County in September, and strides and recovery teams eagerly participated. Several teams ran Conquer the Bridge, a 5.3-mile run over the Vincent Thomas Bridge with a view of the Port of Los Angeles. And in October, teams ran a Halloween 5K, enjoying the costumes worn by participants. And as I mentioned earlier, Strides in Recovery has a team training for the Maui Oceanfront Half Marathon in just a few weeks, Sunday, January 16th. And I'll be there and look forward to catching up with Leslie and meeting her team members. You know, not all of us will start a nonprofit like Leslie did with Strides in Recovery, but we can certainly all make a difference. And that is by volunteering. Again, to find out more information, go to stridesandrecovery.org or go to their Facebook page or do both. I'll also have these links in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com. And if you're so inclined, please consider giving a donation to Strides and Recovery. I know that Leslie would deeply appreciate it and it would really help support the organization. Well, thank you for listening to this special episode and in some way, I hope it touched you. And to spread the word about Strides in Recovery, please consider sharing this podcast episode with your friends and on your social media platforms. I would certainly appreciate it. Leslie, thank you so much for making a huge difference in so many lives. 
we are grateful for you and just the opportunity to meet with you and sit down and talk with you and also talk to some of your members was so enriching and rewarding for me. It certainly has touched my life. I wish you and everyone that's involved with Strides and Recovery tremendous success. And to all of you listening to this episode, get out there and make a difference today. Peace. Peace.